0: question for you young lady every one of the kids in this house is happy except for you why is that what's your problem stop it all i can say is that my life is very complicated
1: i'm sorry but i didn't get of what you said this is a royal canadian movie podcast independent investigation hey there and welcome to the rcmp that's the royal canadian movie podcast I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and this week I'm talking to filmmaker Darlene Naponce about her newest film, Falls Around Her. Darlene's work has been viewed internationally, including at the Sundance Film Festival in 2001, 2002, and 2003. And her latest feature, Every Emotion Costs, screened worldwide and won a whole bunch of awards. She does a lot of art-based video work and has been installed in a lot of galleries all over the world. She's currently working on a book of short stories. The movie really alternates between two worlds and two sides, this raucous world of rock and roll and music and this introspective, quiet place. It's also gentle at the same time as being violent. It's one of those movies where you don't so much watch it as you experience it. Tantu Cardinal plays Mary Birchbark, and she's a music star looking for some peace. And she's back home on her reservation in northern Ontario after one last big show. And there, she's trying to reconnect to herself, but tension starts to mount as everything she left behind starts catching up with her. To find out more about the movie and how you can see it, which I recommend you do, make sure you visit the website at thefilmfarm.ca. But before you do that, here's my interview with Darlene Nippontz. Let's start with Tantu, because here is a woman who should have had this opportunity way before. I am so glad you gave it to her. Did you have any conversations with her about why she hadn't had a leading role before this? No,
0: you know what? I hadn't. I, You know, when I started writing the script, Tantu was always the one that I wanted um, to play Mary. And, and it wasn't really until... Well, the idea was is like when I first worked with her, I was just like, "Why are we not seeing more of her?" Like, you know what I mean? Like in these, like you know, really like big, r- bigger roles. Um, and then so we started marketing, and then we realized this was yeah, this was the first her first real big leading role.
1: So when you wrote this, I know there's a huge, big push to shoot in Northern Ontario right now. There's a great tax credit. Lots of filmmakers are taking taking advantage of this. Was that a component in inspiring your story, or did you always want to shoot up there?
0: Well, I live on my community at Tikmikshing Anishinaabe, so it's always been part of my work um, is to work in the community with the community. And so, yeah, so we were like, no, it has to be shot in in the reserve, on the reserve at uh, Tikmikshing.
1: What were the challenges of shooting on a reserve?
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of challenges just shooting in the North. Um, You're not, you know, you don't have as much access to everything you would in the city around um, props and around anything that you need crew-wise and camera-wise. But then there's this sense of, like, you, you get away from that city and you get away from all of that and you're set within the nature. So but within that nature, you have weather and you don't have concrete that you can't, you know, people are, are familiar walking with on. And so, so, you know, getting equipment into these locations is a little daunting um, and a little challenging and three snowstorms and one massive ice storm um, and a lot of mud really you know pushed the crew and the cast um, but it also created this beautiful essence and this and really united the crew in a way that it just was so challenging that we knew that there was just so much love for this film that we were gonna keep going.
1: I read somewhere that you really encouraged, um, or you really attempted to make sure you had as many indigenous people as possible in your crew. Did you have any challenges getting people together, and if so, what were the challenges?
0: No, I think there's always like I think there should be more focus in on indigenous crews um, and, and and giving them opportunities, um, but. Because it was set in my community and because we've done films in here, and this was one of the larger films that we've done, but and there's a lot of films shot in the area, so there was a lot of people who were familiar um, with making films and um, had a real keen interest. But I think what we need to do now is is, is really create an opportunity where people can rise and really learn their craft and and so there's opportunities for indigenous people who are, you know, choose to keep staying in, you know, who choose to stay in their community so that they can continue to work.
1: And obviously, you talked about cutting their teeth and I think there's also a visibility aspect of it too. It's like, if people see them doing it, they're like, oh, I can do that too.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, there's there's positives on all sides. You know, people get to pay um, their bills and feed their children and um, enjoy what they're doing and then also um, be part of this amazing, creative moments
1: and you also get innovative about how to put dollies in the mud so you get new
0: technology exactly if you need a road cut you know you call your cousin (laughs) it's good to go (laughs) always call your cousin and he can get you out of all of these little you know things so that was the beauty of it.
1: Oh, totally. And you also mentioned that you were working with a way of respectful engagement with your cast and your crew, and you had that on your call sheets. And that's something, hopefully, we're going to be seeing more with uh, productions. Can you kind of break down what that was?
0: Well, this is something that we've we've been putting forward with the work that we do we always you know start with ceremony and end with ceremony have that that knowledge available if people wanted to smudge they could if they it was always around and always present Um, and and so we work with traditional knowledge keepers and we have elders on uh, you know that available that we can if we need to talk to them or if we need that traditional knowledge in a situation or if people just want to seek conversation uh you know or safe Feel some, some, feel safe, and so that's always part of that. So within those protocols, um, bringing in a, um, so you know, I'm in from my community, my cat, the the community, um, the res crew, as we'll call it, um, they're all from the community. But at the same time, we're bringing in a lot of people into our community. So what I wanted people to do was just respect. Protocols, um, but also the land and the people. It's, it's, you know, at the end of the day, I always said like we're we're just making a film, um, so people's lives shouldn't be disrupted. Um, there should be always safety and uh, respectful uh, walking on the land. And and so people knew what their limitations were um, of what they couldn't do. They couldn't just go and do whatever they wanted to like they could in the city. Uh, there always had to be somebody with them or they had to have permission.
1: And how did you see that affect your, your cast and your crew? Was it different from any other uh, set you've worked on?
0: Oh, definitely. It was like 100% different. Um, and, but it, no, everybody really respected it and really honored it and um, there wa- they weren't, you know, challenging it or anything, and they thought that it was really the way that, you know, we should go into all c- communities and all cultures and all diverse, you know, s- scapes. And then also, too, is it's like once you, you know, I think there's if you're respecting the land and the community, we can respect each other in the way that we work. And so, because you know, the film industry is, is, is quite a machine, and there are hierarchies, so we really tried to challenge it of the hierarchies in a way that we could, could, they could understand that this is a collective way of, of, of growing and a way of creating and that everybody, uh, you know, deserves respect. And especially, you know, around, um, around respecting, um, you know, women respecting elders, respecting the land.
1: And that's really what you've written is a movie ab- about discovery and exploration and respect, even if it's just for the audiences to connect and respect um, someone we normally don't get to see on screen explored in such, I guess the best way I could put it is tantalizing detail. Um, <laughs> oh, because very nice. you, Thank you. You're really exploring this woman and you get these beautiful moments of quiet and isolation, but you also get to see her in action for better or for worse. And it's what made you want to dive so deep into this character? Especially, you are a younger person, um, and this character is at a stage in their lives where they're ready to put the road behind them, and they want to, they want quiet now. Um, what what brought that in?
0: Well, I'm not that young, so <laughs> <laughs> you are younger <laughs> Thank than you. this character. Um. <laughs> Um, it's. It was, you know, I came out of a lot of conversations that I've had with women and, and experiences of um, around, you know, I've seen and myself and just conversations, but people taking and taking and taking and thinking that they have that privilege and they have that authority to take from you and that they can control you. And so that's really where it came from was, is that that constant taking and, and it really reflects, I do a lot of community work and a lot of government um, um, governance work within my community. And so we see this happening in our communities with the government. We see this happening in our communities um, with proponents and minds, and there's always a taking. Uh, and so I really just wanted to s- see those two stories and, 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 and see – the human aspect of it, the social aspect of it, and then the land, and then the community, and how, you know, with all of these things, you know what I mean, people taking, we are still so resilient, and we're so strong and so beautiful, and together um, we... Are stronger,
1: And you're exploring the character in ways that I don't think I've seen on film before. So you're not just the fact that she's a woman, but she's also an artist. Um, and watching an artist be taken advantage of in that way and saying, I'm done, I've had enough and still have the pursuit of her fame of, of uh, people that want a piece of whatever magic she has. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of another film that has that, that features a woman. And it's so rare.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it, it was just there's so many people taking, (laughs) you know, and we go back, I keep going back to that word, that idea is taking. It's just a simple analogy of just like taking and taking and taking and that control. And I think especially, you know, as artists, we put our work out there, you know, we, there's a sense of vulnerability and then people take advantage of it. Um, what they, they forget though, is, is that, you know, there it's an indigenous, you know, especially this character, it's an indigenous woman. She's not gonna, you know, she's not gonna back down. She's going to keep fighting. Like our people have, and like we are existing within today, even through all of the trauma that we understand from our history and what we see daily and around the social aspects of what, History has um, contributed into our communities, there is still a beauty. And a sense of community, and we are rising. And every day there is more and more rising, and we've never stopped. You know what I mean? And we've never um, laid down and let everybody take over. There's always this small rise or a large rise, but there's always movement forward.
1: I think I talked about there's so much discovery within this character that she's trying to find herself and find her own boundaries of how she rises, how she is going to accept certain challenges in her life, another one she's going to dismiss. Um, There's uh, the scene where she's talking to uh, the chief and and the chief's kind of pushing her to to help them with the mining community and what's happening there. Um, And you see her trying to set a boundary, which she realizes it's just not going to happen. She needs to stand up and take part of this. But as she sort of explores herself and who is she now? She's been on the road. She's tired. She's exhausted. But the scene I think that sticks the most in my head that I just loved so much is where she's exploring the lines in her face. Mm, Yes. Yeah. It's stunning. And this is someone who everyone else has told her who she is.
0: Yeah. And well, definitely. And you know what I mean? And as we evolve, we keep changing, right? We, we go from one phase to another phase and from different land um, to different people I've always been, you know, taught that we continuously learn. And so if we're continuously learning, we're continuously changing and we're evolving. And so when she's looking at herself, um, yeah, she's really setting herself within that land. And, you know, it's like those walks of along um, the land, even the scarred areas, those, that conflict between, you know, inside herself and with her sister, um, you know, all of these things coming at her, but yet she's still has that inner knowledge and that inner strength to just, you know, look inside herself and find that strength. I think what's, you know, what we also tried to do is it's like, it's not all pretty at the, same, at the same time. You know what I mean? Like our struggles and our realities are not um, always, um, they're hard. It's You know what I mean? There's hardships and uh, the true realities. And so I really tried to balance that and try to look at, and understanding her struggles with her own, um, as you know, we would look at mental health issues, her own struggles with her own traumas, and and still trying to find that balance and letting letting go of the past and coming into a new world. Especially when you've had something that is just so so big and so generous, and then coming back into the simplicity of the land and community.
1: And the way you've shot that, too, I mean, we have a lot of, I guess, contrasts because you've got, you, you know, you start loud and raucous and mm-hmm. you're in the city. It's a rock concert, right? It doesn't get bigger yeah. than that. Um, and then you go into the gentleness and the, the silence and the isolation of the Canadian north, and it doesn't get much quieter than that. I mean, you're getting like um, a tarpon every now and then, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so how did you figure out how you would do the pace in the edit?
0: Well, wow, an amazing crew, and we always within the script. There was always a sense of silence within the poetry, and so that was always really talked about. And and so crew wise, we you know from camera to um, acting to even you know within the within her her clothing. We we looked and we we were tracing her adventure um, from you know the big, loud, colorful city. To the simplicity of going home, and then starting to strip down that um, that city kind of look that you put on, that armor that you put on, and so when we were editing, the editor was she was so amazing, and she allowed was is that she saw that beautiful pacing, um, and then we worked together, and then we but she also always allowed room for the sound design so at the end of it we knew that you know that it was really about the sound it was really about the music that was being composed and that the natural beauty had to be as equal to everything that was around her And so we could really capture ourselves within that. And so we are always constantly keeping that in mind when shooting and when editing and when creating and that poetry of that silence and being back on the land and and really feeling that nature.
1: And I really appreciate you talking about the sound design, because that's incredible. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole film is such a sensorial experience. And when I was watching it, I felt like I should have been watching this movie in a theater in the dark, surrounded by people who were reacting in the same way I was. Do you think that you lose something when you watch something like this on a on a phone or a tablet?
0: Well, definitely. I make a film... Um, and I really, that's what I'm aiming for is this big theatrical release, this, this, you know, beautiful 4k kind of, you know, look with the surround sound and, and so that every little piece can be heard and seen. Um, but at the same time, um, You know, when we talk about distribution and we talk about, you know, getting our our films out to the world, we understand that, you know, it becomes a tablet or it becomes a a cell phone. And because we don't have the capacity to have, um, you know, we don't get full releases in Canada for a lot of Canadian films. We don't have that distribution. And so um, we're always happy if you, you know. If you're seeing it, um, whatever way you're seeing it, because it's the it's it's being able to share and connect with our audience in any way, which is the beautiful thing.
1: We talked about how there's so much nature in this. and There's so many close ups and pauses for this natural imagery. What do you think that evokes in people?
0: Well, you know, a lot of people have talked about like when I'm coming out of Q&A's and coming out of screenings, which was surprised me. And I never really thought of this. um, They you know, a lot of people said, I want to go home. Oh. Yeah, and it, it's been really touching, and it's been really—it's um, very heart filling. And um, you know, when we when we create created falls around here, um, yeah. For some of those comments, we didn't really you know think that that was going to strike a nerve, or if it was going to create those those emotions. But yeah, wanting to go back home, wanting to be on the land, um, and but also just really really kind of like happy to see this woman kick ass and and just full of life and just so beautiful
1: and it's I cannot but think of um there's a documentary by Alanis Abomsawin I'm trying to remember the name of it where she's profiling indigenous people who have left the reservation to go live in Montreal it's such an interesting idea that there's a push now back to go back to the reservations or to stay on the reservations to make life better for for people there and to to create lives for yourself there instead of moving to the big city. Do
0: you have thoughts about that? Well you know each community is so different and especially across Canada into the states and across the world in indigenous communities once we leave those areas and we come back and it's often something that I write about from my own perspective. I was born and raised on my reserve but I go into the city quite a bit. And so I really see that um you know that 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 difference and that opportunity that you can get when you leave your community but then then what you're missing in in on the reserve and within your community. I think essentially, you know, making that connection with your community in whichever way and your community may be urban or your community might be like the two people that are around you. Is 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 just that personal connection to people and to the land is so important and landscape can be anything. It could be an urban area too. I think it's important if you can um, you know, find your way back home. But at the same time there might be doors that aren't open yet. And so it's so it's always just, you know, just finding and yourself wherever you are is, is important and then seeing if that if if those communities are open. It's it's such a kind of beautiful, dangerous environment that we live in right now where we have so many opportunities, but yet we're still have a lot of struggles.
1: And I think you do such a great job in this film of kind of throwing some of them out there and letting the audience chew on them, but not getting too far deep into them, not getting too off track about what the story is actually about.
0: No, yeah. And you know, I think we, you know, when as an indigenous writer and, and creator, I don't ch- intend to create a story that's going to be a blanket for all indigenous, you know, knowledge and, and people. This is the way of, you know, the Indian. It's not, uh, that's not what we're creating. This is a story of um, resilience. This is a beautiful story of a woman who's coming home. This is a story about community. This is a story about land. This is a story about, you know, fighting um, to protect yourselves and to protect the land. Um, and this is just one little piece of a landscape of stories that are being told right from indigenous perspectives. So we honor that, that we have that opportunity to share the story and um, to, to note that, you know, these, this is just one part of it.
1: So in that, and I I generally ask this of people who make fictional stories about serious issues that are actually happening, um, do you think there's more of a value in fictional story as opposed to documentary or it's a different approach?
0: I think it's just a different approach and I think there's value in all of it and it's such a contribution and it's such an exciting time, as Alanis would say, you know, this is like, you know, a very exciting time and there's so many films that are going to come out You know what I mean? You know, there's such a bigger platform for Indigenous storytellers uh, and filmmakers. And it's only going to get so much wider and diverse and, you know, haunting and beautiful. And, yeah, it's just going to, there's so much that's going to happen in the next bit.
1: I know, it's a big, it's a big, exciting big world e- right now. It is,
0: it is definitely. <laughs> and I'm, especially
1: yeah. with digital media making things easier for people to make things and, you know, the internet's making it easier for people to distribute stuff on their own. We're still not getting the wide releases that we should, but people are seeing them and it's out there.
0: Yeah, no, it, yeah. And we're just paving our own our own little ways, you know, we're not even paving it. We're just like, you know, walking through the land and finding our own way of doing it. We're just going and doing it and, and supporting each other and, and when we're doing it. So that's, that's quite the beautiful thing.
1: Now there's two questions I have for you that I ask all of my, uh, my interviewees. The first is, do you have a Canadian film that you love that you'd like to recommend to our listeners?
0: Oh, um, I do. Well, I'm going to say, Alanis Bomson is one of my, um, you know, favorite um, documentary filmmakers and um, one of my heroes. And so I'm going to say all of her films, watch all of them. (laughs) And then the
1: second is, what do you think Canada needs more of to support its artists?
0: Well, I think just allowing them, you know, and letting and just stopping that hand holding of what they think they should be doing for Indigenous. It's, you know, indigenous creators um, are, are amazing, and they can they can do just the same thing as anybody else. And so, um, you know, creating those platforms and creating that, that those dollars that can equal to what others are getting is is important. Allowing indigenous perspective to rise and 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 to to be created, and finding and allowing within those, the way that we tell stories, they're not going to be those um, fundamental ways or those commercial ways that you see a lot of Canadian films or American films. They're going to be different. They're going to be funny. They're going to be sad. They're going to be all over the map and they're going to be wonderful. And so allow that to happen, you know, allow those perspectives to breathe.
1: Uh, how do people find you and your work?
0: So I do have a uh, like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we are now being released. Um, we're starting our um, with Pacific Northwest Pictures, and um, yeah. So we're looking, and then hopefully we'll have a larger platform soon to come.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure.
0: Excellent. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCMPod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.